This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. One, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Three, you will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions and must be 21 or older to wager. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-327-369. 5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, and 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,500 first bet offer today. Chris Sale got extended by Atlanta. Harrison Bader signed with the Mets. Dylan Cease is better than you may think he is. And we play GM for the Angels, the Dodgers, and the Kansas City Royals. Jack and Peter on the Just Baseball Show for Friday, January 5th. How are you? Who are we brought to you by? Bet MGM, the king of sportsbooks, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code JUSTBASEBALL. Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if it loses. And if that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 or older terms and conditions apply we have a new promo running that'll be live monday for the super bowl a bet five get 158 bucks for the super bowl 58 
It's a no-brainer offer. We'll give you more information about that on Monday. Dude, we were just talking about your uh, pasta a la vodka, the Carbone mm. recipe that you made over Christmas time back home in L.A., and I know a lot of the people that follow you on social media know that you like to cook. Mm-hmm. And you said it was amazing. One of the better things that you've ever chefed. What's the best thing you've ever created? I, that's a good question. Because what I personally like versus what other people like may be a different discussion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if the baseball thing doesn't work out, if I give out too many bad takes and I'm getting dangerously close to doing so, cooking just cooking might need to start resurfacing. Are you going to be the but, bear? Are you going to be Carmi? I haven't seen that show. I watched the first dude, episode. I thought it was terrible. Like cooking is your alternate identity. Like hell, it's like your your sub identity. Go watch the bear, man. It's the off season. Yeah, I probably should watch that. But whatever. My the favorite my favorite thing that I think I make is steak tacos. I think they're unbelievable. But in terms of this pasta recipe, so if you've never heard of Carbone, it's this restaurant in New York City and Las Vegas, and it's basically impossible to get a reservation. I went there when I was in Vegas for the Super Bowl when I was watching my Rams take down the Cincinnati Bengals. That was awesome. But Carbone was almost as awesome. And they have this spicy rigatoni. It's a famous dish there. All vodka. It is, it's like heavy cream, tomato paste, onions and garlic. You put it in the pan, let it saute. First of all, is there a better smell in the world? Than olive oil, onions, and garlic. No, on a pan. No, I don't think there is either. Um, a little bit of basil, some rigatoni. It's very simple recipe. Um, we knocked it out of the park. My girlfriend and I, unbelievable dish. Served it for the fam. My sister's birthday. Happy twenty second, Phoebe. We've had a great break. That's awesome, man. I uh, I've roasted garlic a couple times over break. That's kind of like my mm. favorite thing to do. It's it's a nice just spread on bread. You like. Almost confit, it, but confit takes way too much time. So you just roast it, like pop it in the oven with some olive oil, and it's and it's excellent. And it's the best smell in the world. It's the best smell in the world. I could eat that roasted garlic just without anything. Straight up. Just yeah, straight just up. A snack, I, pop I, some heads. It, your breath smells like dog shit, but who cares? It's yeah, worth that's it. Fine. We're yeah. both in long-term relationships. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm long distance. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, hey, Chris Sale is an Atlanta Brave, and now he's got a restructured contract with the Atlanta Braves. And the way that it breaks down is a, a two-year, $38 million deal. <clears throat> Sounds very similar to the one Lucas Giolito just signed with Sale's former employer, does it not? Two years, $38 million. Of course, 1% of it is going to the Braves Foundation. He will make $16 million in 2024. He will make $22 million in 2025. And there's a club option for $18 million in 2026. Here's the catch. In the words of Brad Pitt in Moneyball, oh, we're not paying you. The Red Sox are paying you to play for us this year. In the Vaughn Grissom deal, it was Chris Salen's $17 million to Atlanta for Vaughn Grissom. Sales owed 16 this year. So the Red Sox are covering the entirety of Chris Sales' 2024 salary, and they're covering $1 million of his 22 in 2025. This feels like a heist. And I only say that because it's the Braves. If it was another team that extended sale, I know our shoulders would tense up and we would clench our teeth and we'd say, are we sure this guy's going to stay healthy? He hasn't been healthy since 2019, pretty much. 
I think what the Braves did is they just bet on the good flashes that they saw from sale in 2023, and they think they can take care of him in a way that they've taken care of Charlie Morton, where they have the aging once star. Like, Sale was on a Hall of Fame track when he got to Boston. Hell, after his first couple of years of Boston, I still would have said, yeah, pencil that guy in for a Cooperstown bust, I think. Now that's not the case, but they think that they can recapture some of that from him. And financially, with this buy-in, no-brainer to do this. Absolute no-brainer. I just think it's funny that I looked up Ron Acuna Jr.'s contract, and he's making about $12.5 million. Yeah, 8 for 100. Albies, like, wasn't Albies 7 for 35? Yeah, the Braves are playing chess, and I wouldn't even say that the rest of baseball is playing checkers. It's more tic-tac-toe or hmm. connect four or something like that. No, but there's so many reasons to like it if you are a Braves fan. Number one, and I think a great point that Arm brought up, is just providing an edge, right? Like the Braves always have the most talented team in Major League Baseball, but they don't have much postseason success to go about it because they keep getting beaten by teams like the Phillies who are built from edge. So to bring in a guy like Chris Sale, who Arm so beautifully said just cuts up jerseys, like just a psychopath who only wants to win, great guy, I think, to just bring into the clubhouse because he's not a bad guy. He just has a crazy edge about him. And then on the flip side, too, sending Von Grissom at this point, like Von Grissom is a good young prospect. If you are a Red Sox fan, you should be excited that Von Grissom is in your building. But for the Braves, where were you going to place him? No, he was pretty much expendable, right? You're not putting him at second because you have Ozzy Albies. Orlando Arcia, I guess, is just straight up good now, right? He was an all star. I know he didn't have a great second half, but. He's still a good player, and he's 29 years old. They traded for Jared Kelnick, so there's not really a spot in the corner because the other corner has Ronald Acuna Jr. So basically, you traded a valuable asset, but for your own team, he is expendable for a guy like Chris Sale, who, if he goes into Atlanta, gets a little bit more of an oomph because now he's competing for a World Series, where in the past three years, the Red Sox have not, outside of 2021, Maybe he's a little bit more motivated. So you're getting a motivated Chris Sale coming off a year where he did have a 361 expected ERA, a 29% K rate, a 6% walk rate, and posted one of the lowest hard hit rates against of his career. Yeah, I think the Braves did pretty well. This effectively is two for 21 for sale with a club option at 18. So it can turn into three for 39. Yeah, I mean, like... Masterclass. Masterclass. And, and if he sucks, if he sucks, he sucks. And you decline the club option and it's two for 21. And I don't think he's going to suck. That's no. the thing. I'm pretty confident that he is going to be at least a hundred and if we can't project injuries, because of course people are going to no, say, well, we Sale hasn't stayed healthy for years. I agree with you, but you could say the dip in production was maybe due to some of those injuries and it hasn't been a crazy drop in production so if he can provide 130 innings next year with 150 punch outs at a 3-7 it's well worth the money and I think he could do that more so the numbers are pointing to a good year if he can stay healthy which of course is the big question but it's not like you're relying on him to be the number one starter you have Spencer Schreider you have Max Freed. You have Charlie Morton. You got plenty of reserves. I think it's a great gamble. Chris Sale hasn't been bad since the start no. of the 2021 season. He started 31 games. 
in 151 innings. Like that's the big problem. 151 innings over the last three years. Like that's, you know, he's been invisible for the Boston Red Sox and that's why they were okay doing this. But he's got a 3.93 ERA, 11 punch outs per nine and two and a half walks per nine. Yeah. Good. Like he's just been unavailable. He hasn't been bad and unavailable. He's just been unavailable. Um, Two for 21 is, is the effective contract for sale. That is also the projected earning for Dylan Cease in his final two years of arbitration. He is estimated this coming year about eight and a half in ARB2. So ARB3, if he turns in something in between his 22, where he was a Cy Young runner-up in 2023 season, where he had a four and a half, I bet it's going to be in the 12 to $14 million range in 2025. So I, I want people to look at Dylan Cease if your favorite team acquires him as two years for about 22 to $24 million for a guy that has done this. And I just want to run you through some of these numbers and uh, our guy, Javier Reyes, who does, you know, great writing work for us. It just baseball had me on locked on Padres to kind of talk about the prospect of cease. And, you know, that sent me down the rabbit hole of like, do people realize how available he is? And I just want to, I want to contextualize that for you, or I want, I want to give you the numbers that kind of back that up. Since the start of the 2021 season, Dylan Cease leads all major league starters in games started. He started 97 games since the start of 2021. That's one more than Jose Barrios, than Garrett Cole, than Aaron Nola. That's two more than Kevin Gosman. Cease is top 15 in innings. He's one of 20 starting pitchers with over 500 innings. The last three years, Dylan Cease is averaging 175 and two-third innings pitched per year. Mm -hmm. consistently giving you 175, 180. He's fourth in strikeouts. He's fourth in batting average against. Opponents are hitting 221 against him. Only guys that are better among qualified starters, Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole, Zach Gallen. He's 12th in ERA. He's also first in walks. Okay. Snell just won a Cy Young leading the National League in walks issued. Yeah, but uh, you hate that. You what? hate that. But I hate, hate it that he did it. I hate it. I like <laughs> he like I, I was fine with Cease doing it because he was on my team. Yeah, exactly. Um, having said that, you're signing up for a guy that has been so ridiculously available and good in that time. He's top 15 among qualified starters in ERA. I'm not saying he's a top 10 pitcher in baseball because I don't think he is. He's got the talent to be. I, I think coming into the 2023 season, we were saying like, yes, without a doubt, this guy's a top 10 pitcher in baseball. Now, not so much because the command got away from him. But you got to understand that your team is going to have to give up a fortune for Cease because they're banking on over 300 innings in the next two years. They're banking on a mid threes. They're banking on him striking out the world. So when you see, oh, wow, like the top two starting pitching prospects in our organization and one of the top hitting prospects and like a, a 15 to 20 guy in our organization are gone for cease feels like a lot. That might be the price of this guy. I think the problem is that teams are finding difficulties, formulating a market for Dylan cease, because you said that they are banking on a mid three ZRA in his last three seasons, the stats, you know, that you went over about innings pitch and all that. 391 ERA in 2021 with a 365 expected, 220 in 2022. Unbelievable. 270 expected ERA. 458 last year. So we got a 391, we got a 220, and a 458. 
Now, you are going to get him for his age 28 and 29 seasons. You could say that is the prime two years of Dylan Cease. But what you can also say is that in his age 27 season, he had a 4.58 ERA with a 4.13 expected. So do I want to trade, right? I'm seeing trade offers from the Yankees where it's Jason Dominguez, Chase Hampton, Will Warren, and Brock Selvich. And I was trying to trade those for Jose Ramirez because I'm an idiot. (laughs) And I fully realize that, but I am who I am. How can a team sit here and think to themselves, I'm going to trade my top prospect, my best pitching prospect, another great pitching prospect, and another great pitching prospect for two years of Dylan Seas. It's not expensive. The innings are about as guaranteed as anybody else, but we know with pitchers. I mean, they were guaranteed with Sandy too. Yeah. Exactly. Like, so we're banking on those because he's done it for the last three years. But unfortunately, all these guys at some point come down with something. So when we get him, is this the year where he throws 100? It, do we get 458 or do we get 220? So everything you said, you didn't say anything inaccurate except for the banking on things because we don't have a ton of data on him. And the problem is the walk rates are all out of whack. So if he has his command, he looks like a 220 guy. If he doesn't, he's a 458 guy. So if I'm a team trying to trade for Dylan Cease with so much up in the air, how can I do that? Why wouldn't I just spend on Blake Snell? right? Instead of giving up prospects. That's why I think the Dylan Cease market, Rick Hahn just, I don't think has a good grasp on this guy. No. So not Hahn anymore. Chris Getz, people forget. Chris Getz, who is putting together Royals 2.0. For me, Um, it's always going to be Rick Hahn until they fully start over. Nope. Still still fire, (laughs) unfortunately, Rick Hahn. Uh, My bad. Kenny Williams, still fire. See, Uh, that's why just cooking might have to start soon. I got to get better at takes. Yeah, no, you, you just got to remember who the lead decision makers are with each organization. Make a spreadsheet. I've got a spreadsheet I can share with you. All right, um, I Yeah, the, the pushback there is why trade for C's instead of pay Snell? If you're tight on money, Snell's going to make more this coming year than Cease will make in the next two. Mm-hmm. So but Snell is off a of Cy Young. Yeah, well, Cease is one year removed from being a Cy Young runner-up to Justin Verlander. But he didn't do it last year, where he legit won the Cy Young. Robbie Ray made himself $110 million for doing it the year before. Snell's going to make himself $150-170 from doing it the year before. and But he's done it twice. He has done it twice. Yeah, like crazy that Snell has done it twice. Twice. (laughs) Twice. I did Um, put out on my Twitter, I was like, I know it sounds crazy, and he would have to do so much more. But let's say he wins another Cy Young and has a couple more years similar to what he's done. He's not out of the running for the Hall of Fame, which I mean, as crazy as it sounds, if you go through his numbers, it's not, it's not crazy. Will it happen? Probably not. But it's not crazy. That's what I'm trying to say. Corey Kluber has two Cy Youngs as well. Is Kluber out of the running for Cooperstown? Yeah, because Kluber's a little bit older than Snell. That's why I'm saying Snell has to be dominant for the next, like, four years, which is not impossible. Yeah. No, I mean, the hardware helps. Um, Yeah, man, I I know the reported Reds ask from Chris Getz was both their top pitching prospects. It was Rhett Lauder and Chase Petty. You could argue 
Phillips over Petty. I agree with Phillips over Petty, but they asked for louder Petty. They asked for two position player prospects in like the number 10 in the organization range, which was Carlos Jorge, who is a high priced IFA guy um, and a Sal Stewart or a Sammy Stafora, that kind of thing. It was a lot. The Reds immediately said, no, if there is a trade, like if Chris Gatz picks up the phone, calls Brian Cashman and says, Hey, I want Jason Dominguez. I'd say pleasure talking. Hope you have a great rest of January. Don't ever call me again. I think he would do that. Why wouldn't you just trade for Corbin Burns instead? Yeah. It's going to be cheaper. It's going to be cheaper return. Yeah. Because he's a free agent after the year and you got years of control and cheap control with cease. Yeah. I just don't know what I'm getting. I, I could, there's so many spectrums here. I could legit see a four or five year again or a two, two, zero. So that's why I kind of split the difference. And I'm like, all right, you're going to get a three, five. <laughs> it's but the just, thing is, it's easier for my every, simpleton brain to compute. I will just say that. 2019, 579 ERA, 2020, 401, 2021, 391, 2022, 220, then 458 in 2023. He has done that once. I know, obviously, there was years where he didn't pitch a full season and all that kind of stuff, like 2019 and 2020, of course. He was also but, in his first two seasons of Major League Baseball. Those were his first 30 starts, 28 starts in Major League Baseball. If you're Chris Getz, like, what are you selling here? I'm selling a guy that has thrown, on average, 175 innings a year for the last three years that can Don't strike out that. everybody that is fourth in batting average against. I can like I won't go through the numbers again, but those are the numbers yeah. that I'm selling. This guy's on the mound all the time, and... He's freaking nasty. Turn on the tube. Watch this cat. He's gross. But Chris, he can't throw strikes sometimes. He's nasty. Did you see he <laughs> led baseball in swords? Like that kind of thing. That's what I'm pitching. Did you see the swords? All the swords. Don't <laughs> chop at it. It's not a sword. So give me a final prediction. Do you think he gets traded? You don't yes. have to talk about, you think that Chris Getz will get a deal for him at the end. Yes, Baltimore. I think Dylan Cease is a Baltimore Oriole. Yeah, I bet. I bet the Orioles are going to trade all their prospects. Yeah. yeah. Just like the Giants are going to trade. Or just like the Giants are going to sign. I'm going to do the show thing. thing. And I'm, I'm, the... I'm a part of it too. I'm a part of it too. I'm not even just making fun of you. I've said these things. They just don't fucking happen. I hope they happen. I know. But I'm going to do the Jordan security guard thing where I just shrug at you. And I'm like, you know what, man? Like, hey, look, the Orioles did it. So I think that they're going to trade for Dylan Cease. Or the Giants do. <laughs> the Giants are not. <laughs> Cease is a Baltimore Oriole. Uh, Harrison Bader is a New York Met. It yeah. felt weird. I don't know. Ryan Finkelstein was like, I don't love it. And I kind of agree with Fink. Like, it, one year for 10.5 mil to go to New York and kind of do the elevated Tyrone Taylor thing when they just acquired Tyrone Taylor three weeks ago. Bader... There were really high expectations for Bader coming into last year, I think, because he was starting his first full year with the Yankees, and then he started bouncing around, and he's going to be a good immaculate grid name in a couple years when you say, hmm, Harrison Bader was a Cincinnati Red. That's right. It's felt like a steep price for Bader. He's got a ton of talent, clearly. He reunites with fellow Gator Pete Alonzo in Queens, and it's a nice rental deal for the Mets and a prove-it deal for Bader to live in New York, live in a major market. 
I don't know. You've watched Bader up close and personal the last several years. How do you feel about this contract that he just got with that team? Like I said, I'm never surprised by contracts anymore. Yeah. Actually, I mean, I've said this like a billion times. Whenever someone gets more than I thought, I'm like, all right, well, that's just the market now. So instead of worrying about the contract value, I'm just going to talk about Harrison Bader, the player. Um, obviously, the Yankees acquired him for Jordan Montgomery. And at the time, it didn't seem like that bad of a trade. I actually didn't mind it from the Yankees' point of view. We saw what Jordan Montgomery turned into, and we saw what Harrison Bader turned into. Harrison Bader, to simplify things, is a below-average hitter who struggles to stay on the field but plays a great center field. There's a lot of players like that, right? We're going to talk about the Royals. They might have two of those already on their team. Like, is Michael A. Taylor that much different than Harrison Bader? I wanted to give him a chance because it's clear he's talented. It's clear, right? He's If he just can put up an above-average offensive season by WRC+, plus, like, you're potentially looking at a four-win player if he plays every game. But the problem is he just cannot stay on the field, right? 2023 plays about 98 games. 2022, 86. 2021, 103. He did play 128, 138 back, you know, in 2018 and 2019, but he just doesn't really stay on the field much. So, yeah. And just from the Mets' point of view, what are they, what's your plan with him? Brandon Nimmo played 136 games in center field last year. I guess you just now move him to left where he's played center like his whole career and is a good defender there. You just move him off. So now you're putting Nimmo and there's different reads in left field. Just because a guy is really good in center doesn't mean he's just automatically great in left. Now he's athletic enough. I believe he can be good in left, but you didn't need to do that. There aren't that many great center fielders and you have one. Go get a corner bat if you're going to do that, right? I know Renfro already signed, of course, but like, you could put Renfro in a corner. You're going to get some power and then keep Nimmo in center. You already got Tyrone Taylor. To me, it felt like they just signed him to get more players. Yeah. Like kind of when the Angels just signed a reliever, like Adam Simber, just to fill up the roster with guys. It's kind of my thing. He felt like just another guy to have on the 26-man roster. Exactly. But you still paid him like eleven million dollars. Yeah, I, but I just, I, dude, you just said it. Like that's you're the not market. Yeah, by anything that might just be the price of a one-year deal for a guy to fill a spot in your twenty-six man roster. I just don't know what the plan is. I guess all right, we're moving Nimmo to left, and now Bader's our starting center fielder. And then when he plays I, eighty games, like Tyrone Taylor's now the left fielder. Or they're planning on platooning him. I would I, assume. I would assume the plan is move Nimmo to a corner for longevity purposes, even though I don't love that reasoning. Like Nimmo's not old enough to warrant that. Trout is. I think Trout's at the point in his career where like you go sign a center fielder and it's, hey, Mike, you're going to move to right for the sake of like ringing 10 more years out of you as opposed to eight. Nimmo, that's just not the case right now. He's not at that point in his career yet. Nimmo has played 150 games in back-to-back seasons. Back-to-back, are you worried? I guess he had injury concerns earlier on in his career. Those have kind of subsided. And you just signed him to a huge deal to be your center fielder. Yeah. Are you bringing in? Seemed like a very expensive fourth outfielder who, like, may start. I, I He's going to start. Made, 
yeah, just didn't really make sense to me. But again, two Mets fans, if you want my honest opinion of Harrison Bader, I like the trade at the time because I know he has talent. He's crazy good defensively in center. That's There's no debate there. And he has the ability to be a slightly above average hitter. But sometimes his at-bats stink. Just he, be passes, he passes the eye test with flying colors. As Very well. handsome. So you see him and it... Handsome, but also like, wow, you got the Popeye forearms, man. And you wear the mouth guard and your jaw looks good. It's, oh, you're going to hit 25 homers if you play the whole year. And he never plays the whole year and he doesn't hit 25 homers. Yeah, he's 29 years old and he has a 92 WRC plus for his career. And he's coming off back-to-back years with 85 or lower, including 70 last year. Is he going to get better? No. That's what I'm saying. I just didn't get it. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are going to L.A. and then Kansas City. Nothing like the uh, nothing like Southern California and then Middle America for the GM episodes. The Royals are kind of awesome. Yeah, they are kind of awesome. I'm We're very excited. Save the Royals for last. Yeah. Uh, it's going to go Angels, Dodgers, Royals. But before that, quick break. Play general manager for the Los Angeles Angels. Let's do our best Perry Manassian impression. And the Angels, are they going to cross that CBT threshold? They got really close last year. They may, based on some rumors, it sounds like they might get close. What I will say right now is last year's payroll was $232 million. Their estimated payroll this year It's $169 million as it stands right now. As always, going to rapid fire run you through the transactions that they have made so far this season, the notable transactions. They have declined a $9 million option on Eduardo Escobar. They declined seven and a half on Aaron Loop. They hired Ron Washington as their manager who didn't let the cat out of the bag. I think he thought that Otani was an angel and the weird cat in the bag thing was just bizarre. They signed Adam Kalarik to a one-year deal. They signed Luis Garcia, the reliever, to a one-year deal. They signed Adam Simber to a one-year deal. They trade Max Stassi, their starting catcher who they extended, then backup catcher, then trade bait. They traded Stassi and David Fletcher to Atlanta for Evan White and Tyler Thomas. And they signed Francisco Mejia, Jake Marisnik, Chad Wallach, Tyrone Guerrero, Willie Calhoun, and Charles LeBlanc to minor league free agent deals. A whole bunch of stuff and not much mm. substance there. Mm. Yeah, there's a couple ways we can go about it. Um, we could gut the shit out of this team, trade everybody who's over 28 years old. Nope. Or we can make them serviceable for this year and do classic Angels moves. And and what's the goal of the exercise? It's not to gut a team. It's to make them better this year. Mm-hmm. So that's, so that's the point of view that... No, that's why I wanted to bring it up, because that's the point of view you're going to get here. We could very easily veer off and say, we are going to trade Mike Trout. We are going to trade Brandon Drury. We are going to trade Taylor Ward. We are going to send Anthony Rendon to the moon. We could potentially talk about a trade for Griffin Canning or get Tyler Anderson off the books, but we are not going to do that, even though I think it would be more fun, but we won't do it. Yeah, I actually think it would be less fun because it would be like, oh, wow, we're getting that dude in high A that's really good. (laughs) <laughs> what are we do the angels credit though to the angels credit they're like young nucleus i don't know if you can call nucleus the right word but i think everybody knows what i'm saying here zach netto is a good shortstop to build around nolan yeah. shanwell proved that he can hit a little bit he's only 22 years old 
went straight from the major league draft to the majors. Logan Ohapi, we love as a catcher. Mickey Moniak was straight up a dog last year. And Luis Renjifo is a good option in the middle infield. Switch hitter who played pretty well last year and is still under 27 years old, going to turn 27 soon. So they have, and then of course we can go to the pitching side and talk about those young pitchers. I do this every year. We do this. We look at the Angels roster. We think to ourselves, it's actually not that bad. And then they win 74 games. Yeah. I can make it better. better. I I think I can make them an 85 win team. I do believe that. Okay. Good luck. Let's do it. Um, Let's do it. Catcher Logan O'Hoppy with Matt Dice as the backup. Francisco Mejia as the third guy kind of waiting in Salt Lake. I love that catching trio. I am. I'm sneaky higher on the Mejia and Bethancourts of the world than I should be. Just generic filler Tampa Bay Rays catcher. Um, Zanino was the one that kind of broke that trend, and then they traded Zanino, and he stunk. So I, I guess we're just learning something about them. I personally tend to not like them because I don't remember the last like really good Tampa Bay Rays catcher, and then they go other places, and then they stink. If the Rays are going to move off you after investing in you, I feel like that's a telltale sign. So I actually take the opposite approach. I, I have a feeling that Mejia is not going to be any good. I hope I'm wrong. I'm always rooting for guys to be good. But if the Rays are moving off you after trading for you and kind of making them their guy and the giving them some catcher. run. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I'm just talking oh, about God. Rays catchers in general. Like, you know, teams going to get Beth in court. We'll see. Yeah. But regardless, if he never plays a game, Matt Thice and Logan Ohapi is perfectly fine. Ohapi's, Logan Ohapi, Ohapi's we're coming out with a ranking soon. He's going to be pretty high, I think. I'm going to be ranking him decently high here. Not crazy, but you know what I'm saying. We'll see. Uh, oh, Hoppy is the starter. Thice is the backup. Mejia may not play a game, but he's a great third option. No no changes on the catching front. No. Nope. First base, Shanoel, you got to roll with it. You have yep. easily committed to that guy. That's the thing. We're also realistically making this team better. And Shanoel, yeah. like, could there be better options out there? Is Reese Hoskins a better option for 2024 yeah. than Shanoel? Yes, he is. But was Shanoel their first-round pick last year, and do they just have to run with it? Yes, they do. Trey Cabbage is a backup. Dice is a backup. White, Rivas, cool. Second base, Luis Renjifo and Michael Stefanik. You got Kyron Paris waiting in Salt Lake. Good with it. Good with it. I like Zach Neto at shortstop. Good with it. Renjifo, Kyron Paris is a backup. Good with it. Outfield, Mike Trout. Good with it. Taylor Ward. Good with it. And then some assortment of Mickey Moniak, Trey Cabbage, Joe Adele, Jordan Adams, Jake Marisnik, Willie Calhoun. Yeah, here's the thing. If if we want to do this to make them better this season, we may not touch the offense at all. At all. Really at all. We could sign a first baseman. I really just think that's the only way to do it. If you want to like work Shenwell in a DH spot or if, you know, when he came up, like he was really good-ish in terms of a batting average at the beginning, and then it kind of tailed off here. Like, Do you want to lock that guy into your first base role? Because an outfield of Trout, Moniak, and Ward, that's a great outfield. Right? And then in the infield, you're not really doing anything to third base or shortstop or second base. I wouldn't mind signing a Reese Hoskins instead of rolling with Shenwell, but just because that you we feel like they have to because they called him up so fast. Should yeah. they have? I don't know. Probably no. not. No. So, I mean, the, if we want to make them better, we should sign a first baseman because we think that's a hole. 
so the way that I kind of viewed it was I want a corner infielder slash DH. Cause right now third base is Anthony Rendon, who we know is a ticking time bomb. Brandon Drury is the third baseman slash DH. I want to add one more to that fold and a guy that can probably play first base. And I want someone old and cheap. Two guys. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Drury is kind of that guy. No, but I know what you're saying. Um, can we just talk about Anthony Rendon for a second? Possibly the worst contract in the history of Major League Baseball. He signed in 2020 a seven-year, $245 million deal with the Los Angeles Angels. 245. Since 2020, this guy has 40 doubles and 22 home runs. If you just equate contract value of what he's made so far, about 126 million to 60, 62 extra base hits, he's making about $2 million an extra base hit. This guy has not been on the field. He's argued with fans. He's tried to fight people. Seems like he doesn't want to play there at all. It seems like he got his bag and dipped. Seems like he doesn't want to play baseball. This is just sad. And I still believe in the talent. There was a reason he got this deal. He was amazing with the Nationals. He was one of the best players in the league with the Nationals. Then he goes to Anaheim and gives up. What a disaster. What an absolute disaster. Uh, Let's say Perry Manassian, this again won't happen, just I think it's a fun conversation. If he just called every team and said, we're willing to trade you Anthony Rendon, what what do you think the GMs would say? Hang up, nothing. They'd hang up like, the phone. Isn't that crazy, though? Just, it, it, if, if I told you that when he was on the Nationals, I, I just think the story is wild. Yeah, no, I. this is a what have you done for me lately game, and Anthony Rendon has done nothing, maybe even worse than nothing lately he's making 38 million dollars this year yeah man i mean talk about sunk cost they've handed out some of the worst contracts in major league history and i'm not going to run through them right now but like rendon is absolutely up there if not at the tippy top um i want to go think about an evan longoria to add to this young offense or like a josh donaldson unfortunately I think they should sign Jorge Soler to play DH, and I think they should move Drury to first. I think it gives them a lot more pop in their lineup because I'm looking at a team right now. Last year, they definitely hit their home runs, but I'm looking at this current roster right now, and I don't see a ton of power. Like, obviously, Trout is going to get you his, but he only hit 18 home runs last year. Drury hit 26. Nobody hit more than... 16 outside of Trout and Drury. I think Ward can hit 20. Here. He can hit 20. Oh, Hoppy he, can probably hit 20. Probably. I would like to see them add some more power. They do have a really right-handed dominant, so maybe Solaire isn't the right option here, but I'd like to put some power in this lineup. Yeah. They're going to miss it with Otani, right? They just subtracted 45 Lefty bombs. Pop. The best yeah. Yeah, left-handed power hitter in baseball. I would like to put some left-handed power on this team. Um, who could potentially be... Oh, God, the options are just so bad. Bad. Um, <laughs> Dan Vogelback? Sure. No. We can't do that. We got to give him someone better. I, To be honest, I think they hold. I don't think they do a thing. What about Jock? 
I don't think they pay for Jock because I think they're going to pay elsewhere. You ready to jump to pitching? We can jump to pitching. So are we just not doing anything to offense then? I don't think we do anything right now. I think we can circle back if we want. Okay, let's go to pitching. Pitching, they're starting rotation options right now. Reed Detmers, Patrick Sandoval, Griffin Canning, Tyler Anderson, Chase Silseth, Jose Suarez, Sam Bachman, Davis Daniel, Kenny Rosenberg, Zach Plesak. That's not going to win you many games, unfortunately. Detmers is a major league starter. Sandoval is a major league starter. Canning is a major league starter. Good. Anderson is paid like one, so he's going to be. And then let's figure out another. And instead of adding a five, apparently, according to John Morosi and Mark Feinsand, they're looking to add a one or a two. They have been connected to Blake Snell, Marcus Stroman. Those are both by John Morosi. Mark Feinstein also mentioned Jordan Montgomery and Shota Imanaga. The two that I think make the most sense are Snell and Stroman. And I don't think Snell makes much sense because then it would be four left-handed starting pitchers in that rotation. I think Stroman, for the price point, considering he's going to come in cheaper than Snell, is a good fit as the opening day starter for the LA Angels. Am I the only guy around here who loves Chase Silseth? I like Silseth as a guy in waiting. He came up really quickly again. And Silseth like is not a guy that you know needs to start right now or else he's on to greener pastures. He can still very much be a project. I don't know about that. I I would give him some run here. When he came up post All-Star break. 3 to one ERA and seven starts through 33 innings and struck out 41 guys. I thought he looked great. A couple of new pitches there, too. I was betting on him a lot at the end of the year. Now, the Angels, they didn't help me on offense, but he was always a very good pitcher for those last seven starts. I think you give him the run. And like I said, I wouldn't... Why would you sign Stroman? Realistically, what are we doing? We can sign him. It'll make angels like it would make people feel good. It's not going to make them that much better. How much are you going to get stronger? You add a one to it. Like, again, we can yeah. whip ourselves into a frenzy by this offense and make them make ourselves think that this is a 500 team if the pitching was better. We can sign Stroman. I'm fine with that. I just don't think they need to sign Stroman because they don't, they only have four pitchers available. Like, Silseth, I would take right now over Tyler Anderson and not think twice about it. I think Silseth should be depth. And they're not going to cut bait with Anderson, who's still owed 26 mil over the next two years. I guess I'm sitting here thinking, I think Silseth, you give him a full year run as a starting pitcher. I think he's, I think he's good enough to do that. I say not yet. He's going to enter, you know, his third season in which he gets a big league cameo, but he's 23 years old. I guess we agree to disagree. I think he's a good pitcher. I think he showed a lot at the end of the season. And if you are the Angels trying to develop this young core, I think you have to give him run this year. So I, I guess I push back and it's like, yeah, they're trying to develop the young core, but what are you doing with 32-year-old Mike Trout? I, if you want to know my real opinion about the Angels, like I would trade everybody. But that's not the point of the exercise. Um, I know. We could get we could sign Mike Mark, 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 Let's sign Stroman. Let's we sign, sign Stroman. Stroman. Sure. The bullpen, bullpen, are you doing anything? 
yeah, I mean, I'd like to add some more to this bullpen. Estevez, you know? Joyce, Luis Garcia, Simber, Kalarik, Herget, Soriano, Watt. I immediately looked at Araldis Chapman or Jordan Hicks. I'd like another guy throwing 100 to pair with a guy that sat 100 in Joyce. Aroldis Chapman on a big time deal feels like the Angels move. Yeah. Yes. That, I mean, as that what they give like three years, forty five million. Yeah, and and when they're when they're fifteen games under five hundred at the deadline, they're going to trade Chapman again. Like they should trade Carlos Estevez tomorrow. You get a big yeah. haul for him. Like they. Yes. Should, but that's not the point of the exercise. I mean, the Angels bullpen finished twenty fifth in ERA last season. Obviously, you got Ben Joyce throwing a million miles an hour. Estevez he, was really good. But they already added three relievers in free agency this in December. So I guess they might be done. We can give them another one. There's plenty of like good value. Sure. Yeah. Do we want to give him Hoskins too? Um, yeah. I like, think so. I mean, they're spending a lot Hoskins? of money here. You're saying Stroman, Hoskins, and Chapman? Yeah. To win what? 79 games? I don't know. Shit, man. Maybe Artie Moreno thinks they're going to win 85 with that team. Them losing Otani? I mean, this is... For some backwards reason, it does feel like they are somehow committed to still competing. Oh, of course they are. I mean, so in my opinion, I think they're delusional. Now, let's look big picture again. Let's walk through the team that we just constructed, and you tell me how many games they win. Ohapi is the catcher. Dice is the backup. Hoskins, let's let's put Shanoel at first base or Drury at first base. How about Drury at first base? Hoskins is the DH. Rendon is the third baseman. Middle infield of Neto and Renjifo with Stefanik as the backup. By the way, you've got Trey Cabbage backing shit up. In the outfield, it's Trout, Ward, Moniak. Cabbage as an outfielder. Joe Adele as an outfielder. Willie Calhoun, whatever you want. Starting rotation, Marcus Stroman. Reed Detmers, Patrick Sandoval, Griffin Canning, Tyler Anderson slash Chase Silsep. And the bullpen, Carlos Estevez, Ben Joyce, Araldis Chapman, Luis Garcia, Adam Simber, Adam Kalarik, Jimmy Herget. It's not the worst team, but I think that's a 500 team. I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid again. Jack, they won 73 games last year and lost Otani who was their entire team last year. Yeah, but they sucked on the hill, and they shut Otani down at the end of the year when they took, like, a dovetail down. At the tail end of the year. This team was never really all that good. I think if all of these guys play to the way that we think their potential is, it's an 82-win team. I think this team could legit win less than 70 games. I'm done. I'm done believing in this team. There's something there. There has to be. We do this all the time. This Angels team has had way better rosters than this. Yeah. And still won 75 games with Otani. This could be, they could finish five or six games above the A's next year. Oh. I really think it's going to be a disaster. No, no. There's too much talent on this team to be A's level bad. Not A's level bad, like I said. But would you be surprised next year if they win 68 games? I would be. I, I assuming wouldn't. assuming a clean bill of health. Like Trout being unavailable the last several years has stunk. And we just have to assume that he's going to be available this year? Yeah, I do, blindly. It's fine. Okay, let's say he is. What is that? How much more does that add for one guy in, in center or left field? Well, five and a half wins. Yeah. Okay, so you're replacing a little bit of Otani. 
just got him a frontline guy. Stroman, if he's healthy, is going to throw a bunch of innings, and he's going to have a sub-4 ERA, surely. I would say you put Stroman on this team, you put Reese Hoskins on this team, and you add one more reliever, I think they win the exact same amount of games as they won last year, which Ooh. was 73. Okay. Do you, right. I mean, I, if you disagree with me, like, I'd love no, to debate I think it. No, I, just... I think they're 75 to 80. Assuming full health, I think they're a 75 to 80 win team. I might fade the shit out of this team on their over under win total. Respectfully, Angels fans. Um, but I hope you see what I see, right? I, how many times have I believed in you? Every year. I got burned every year. You got to show me. And then I'll jump back on the train because I'm always eager to jump back on this trade for whatever reason. Yeah. But I cannot buy into you until something changes because they've had these players before. It's not like these guys are super new, right? Maybe Zach Neto takes this major leap. Maybe Shenwell is that guy. Maybe Ohapi becomes one of the better catchers in major league baseball. Mickey Moniak continues his success. Rendon bounces back. Taylor Ward bounces back relatively. Drury Trout, Ren, he felt like I like all the players for their potential, but they never reach it. All right. Two more. Uh, the Dodgers. This might be quick. I have some moves in mind that I just want to throw your way. The LA Dodgers, uh, their 2023 luxury tax penalty was about $19.5 million. Their estimated 2024 payroll, about $270 million. And I ask you, who gives a shit what they pay in tax penalties? They just they made minced meat of Major League Baseball this offseason. Notable transactions is pretty much hitting replay on the Just Baseball show for the last month. They signed Shohei Otani to a 10-year, $700 million contract. They signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto to a 12-year, $325 million contract. They acquired Tyler Glasnow and Manuel Margot from Tampa for Ryan Pepio and Johnny DeLuca. They subsequently extend Glasnow for a restructured 5 for 136 they signed Jason Hayward back to a one-year deal. They signed Joe Kelly to a one-year deal, signed Daniel Hudson to a one-year deal, Ricky Venasco to a one-year deal, and they acquired Trey Sweeney for Yorbit Vivas and Victor Gonzalez. Best offseason ever. The catching situation. Will Smith, Austin Barnes as the backup, clearly a fan favorite, and Hunter Fiducia as the guy in waiting. If you go on fan graphs, you'll see Diego Cartaya slated in AAA. Cartaya is not going to contribute to the LA Dodgers in 2024. Fiducia can, and Fiducia is a fine AAA hitter that if you need to break glass in case of emergency, Fiducia can be the catcher. First base, Freddie Freeman, Michael Bush, Max Muncy as his backups. Second base, Mookie Betts is apparently there full-time with Miguel Vargas and Bush as his backups. Shortstop, Gavin Lux and Miguel Rojas. Third base, Max Muncy and Michael Bush. The outfield, James Altman, Chris Taylor, Jason Hayward, Manuel Margot. You've got Andy Pajes, Jose Ramos, Ryan Ward, Travis Swaggerty waiting, and Shohei Otani will be your DH. Any notes? I like how normally, right, for every other team, I think so far, we've gone through each position and you say, are you okay with that? We talk about it. We like all these players. You didn't even do that. And no. I understand why, because why would we? What? Will Smith is one of the best catchers. Yep, I'm keeping him right. I mean, there's no notes. This team is as good on paper as we have seen in the last decade. And that's what you. you get when you spend $1.1 billion in an offseason. Yep. Even though it was on two players. But I'm gonna pitch there still you could something. be more moves to be made. And that's why I'm excited to talk about them. 
I think so. So minor deals, actually like legit minor league free agent deals. Um, I want one of Andrew Kisner or Yasmani Grandal to the Dodgers on a minor league deal, just in case shit hits the fan. Why? If Smith gets hurt, do you want to run Austin Barnes out there every day and either Fiducia or a Cartaya as like his backup slash timeshare? I see what you're saying there. Yeah, I wouldn't mind giving one of those guys a deal. Feels like Grendahl would be a Dodger and they figure something he out. He already was, right? It's, oh, yeah. you know, like you spend the first month in AAA and if you're not up on the big club by June 1, then you're granted free agency. White Sox did that with Johnny Cueto. You see that every year. Dallas Keuchel did that this past year. I think it works like that. It's a great idea because I was blinded by my absolute love for Will Smith, considering him one of the best catchers in Major League Baseball, point blank, period. So I didn't even think about something like that. But you're right. Depth Anyone matters. could get injured. Might as well get a guy like Grandall. I think Grandall's the perfect option there. Yeah. So kind of same thinking with Kevin Pillar. Like, do you want to run any Pajes out there? He's coming off of a year where he pretty much missed the entire season. You know, do that thing. If he's, you know, not up by June 1, just cut bait with him. The, the real move that will impact the major league level for me. What, would you rather get Pilar or would you rather rather get Travis Jankowski? I want a guy who just won a championship. I like Travis Jankowski. Sure. I think he'd yeah. be a valuable guy to add. I'd rather get him. We already gave Jankowski to the Miami Marlins on the last episode. But remember, we're, we always live in alternative universes where we can put these guys in whatever team we want. Now Brad that we're Boxberger. dealing with the new team. Yeah, Brad Boxberger. Every team got Brad Boxberger last year. Travis Jankowski, you are the new Brad Boxberger. Jankowski yeah. is is a great idea. Uh, but Margot is like the fourth outfielder, and you're cool with Manuel Margot. And, I mean, hell, man, like maybe Swaggerty gets some run, or Ryan Ward finally gets some run. I'm also really excited about Miguel Vargas. I feel like he's just flying under the radar here, right? Yes. He was a, yes. was, still kind of is, a great hitting prospect in the Dodgers system, got some run, played well, just was kind of banged up. But he's only 24 years old, and he can play both infield and outfield. Yeah. I think he's a guy that kind of nobody's talking about on the Dodgers because why would you, right? There's so many other guys to talk about. But I'm really excited to see him this season. Yeah, he has struggled in his first two cameos at the major league level, but not too worried about it. He's super talented, as is Michael Bush. The change that I am going to make is I have a platoon shortstop in mind for the L.A. Dodgers. And I want to walk you through the splits. So Rojas, do you want to run Miguel Rojas out there with his Dodger lineup? He's kind of a liability there. No, nothing. Why would you not throw a little bit of money at Tim Anderson on a one-year deal? I wrote the same thing down in my notes. No brainer. Absolutely should do it. Get him motivated again in Dodger blue. He could be great. Handed splits. Gavin Lux against right-handed pitching, 748 career OPS. Against left-handed pitching, 587. So you take out the 587 OPS from Lux and you replace it with a guy who is historically good against left-handed pitching. Tim Anderson, career 696 OPS against right-handed pitching, career 847 OPS against left-handed pitching. So what you can run out now at shortstop is against right-handed pitchers, a guy with a career 748 OPS, and against left-handed pitchers, a guy with a career 850 OPS. Makes all the sense in the world. Two potential wrenches. Do you think the Dodgers in Gavin Lux's age 26 season, when he was arguably the best prospect in baseball when he was coming up, we're finally going to give you the shortstop role, but we're going to platoon you? 
I and then on think... the Tim Anderson side, do you think Tim Anderson wants to sign with a team that just has him play against lefties? I, I think, think that's where he's at in his career. Or would he rather just take it with another team to get an everyday job? That's my only wrench is like them as people. The stats make all the sense yeah. in the world. I'm I'm running out of places to put Tim Anderson as an everyday shortstop. Which is fine. I, but I wonder if he thinks that. It's Tim Anderson. He's, I probably I bet he still thinks he's box office. And he has no reason really not to believe that. He was great until like last year where it was the worst season from hell in Chicago. Yeah. I think that this could be a good year to rebuild his stock. That's why I would do it from TA's perspective. Now, but do you think he's rebuilding his stock if he's a platoon guy? Like, I, I don't think any team is going to be like, yeah, you were a great platoon option. We're also going to sign you to be a platoon option next year. I mean, year. Lux is also coming off an ACL tear. Like, who's to say that he's playing, you know, every game against right-handed pitching? True. Could be that. The other, I just don't know if those two guys are going to accept it and the Dodgers want to platoon Gavin Lux. So what I will say is, respectfully, from the Dodger standpoint, I don't care if Gavin Lux doesn't accept it. What is the goal for the LA Dodgers this year? That's more than fine with me. I could totally see them saying that being like, yeah, we don't care. What What have you done? Like, yeah. are you... I would want to ask the Dodgers, do you truly believe that Gavin Lux is the future of the franchise at shortstop? Because... I remember when he had the yips at second base. I remember yep. when he was kind of mincemeat. He was getting the Michael Bush treatment. And now all of a sudden it's, oh, Lux is the guy. And people were really excited in spring training. And then he goes down. They figure it out. But the narrative around Lux, I don't think is this guy's a future major league superstar. I think it's, yeah, he's the shortstop. But I if agree. you've got an option to enhance the shortstop position for the LA Dodgers who want to win the World Series... I think you just have to do it. I think we make this. I just don't know if Timmy A would want to. Maybe he does. Yeah. And I, that's the that would wrench. be that would be the wrench. I think more than the luck situation, it would be yeah. does yeah. Tim Anderson accept a platoon option? Yeah. I don't yeah. think that he does personally, but I think we should do it because it makes the most sense for the Dodgers. And maybe they just give him like fifteen million and be like, "We're going to yeah. pay you like a starter." This is just your role, though, and maybe he's fine with that. And I, I think it's unlikely that he does accept it. I'm with you at the end of the day because he has leverage. Free yeah. agents have leverage. If he was a trade candidate, like he doesn't have leverage, he does whatever they ask him to, but he has his choice. I just wonder if he's going to have an everyday choice out there. Pitching staff, Walker Wait. Bueller, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, yes. Before we move on to pitching, are we just not going to do anything to this outfield with Jason Hayward, James Altman, and Chris Taylor? I mean, I would love for Mookie to just play the outfield, even though he's going to play second base all year. He's one of the best defensive outfielders I've ever seen in my entire life. We're going to move to second. Of course, he's great at second. He's great at everything. He's Mookie Betts. But at the same time, though, like, is Chris Taylor your starting left fielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers all season long? Taylor and Vargas, probably. Yeah, I guess that'll be fine with Margot. He can mix and match there. They'll probably make a trade at the deadline or something. Sure. I just... It's hard to see them spend so much money and then look at that outfield and say, well, I guess we still have money, correct? I mean, they ran out Hayward and Peralta last year, and they won 100 games. And they got swept by the Diamondbacks. Yeah. I think that in large part had to do with Mookie being invisible, Freddie being pretty invisible, and Kershaw getting rocked. And Lance Lynn getting rocked, and everybody getting rocked. Yeah, Yeah, no, I agree with you. Standing on his head. 
yeah, like nobody was thinking, oh, if the Dodgers had someone different than Jason Hayward in right field, that they could have gone farther. I agree with you. So, right. no, we don't have to do anything. It's just my brain staring at those three names and looking at the rest of the Dodgers roster and saying to ourselves, yeah, we shouldn't do anything. No. But I agree with you. Let's not. I'm good. Uh, starting rotation, Yamamoto, Bueller, Glasnow, Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan with Yarborough, Stone, Grove, Knack, Frasso, Hurt as backups. Good with it. So good. So good. I mean, just unbelievable every night is must watch every night bobby miller could be an ace <laughs> i mean he could be a legit ace he throws 100 and then bueller can be an ace glass now could be an ace and yamamoto could be an ace they could legit trot out a number one four out of the five days a week and, and then and gamble on one of their great young pitchers mm-hmm. and one of them is gonna work between Sheehan and Stone and all these guys, one of them. And if it doesn't, they'll go to the deadline and trade for like a Burns. Yeah, because they've got a bunch of great dudes in Rancho and in Great Lakes right now. Or we could trade for Burns right now. Nope. We could. They could. That No, that's only the point. I don't think we should. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying they could. They could trade totally. Sheehan and Stone and not feel it for Burns. Totally. Um, The bullpen is actually where I want to make a move. Yeah. The bullpen is Evan Phillips, Bruce Dark Gratterall, Joe Kelly, Vessia, Yancey Almonte, Alex Ferguson, Blake Trinan, Fire Eisen's coming off the IL, Hudson, Chris Matt, Varlin, Venasco. It, it's really good. Evan Phillips is one of the better closers in baseball over the last couple of years. But I think mm-hmm. he can be the best setup guy in baseball, not named Brian Abreu. Mm. And I think we can go trade for a closer from that gluttony of prospects. And I am approaching Milwaukee about Devin Williams. He enters arbitration, his second year of arbitration this year with an estimated $6.1 million price tag. What do we know about the Milwaukee Brewers? They don't love paying guys. They traded Hater in his final year. Uh, actually, no, second to last year. And guess where Devin Williams is at? His second to last year. So he's going to be owed about $16 million over the next two years. Who's blocked? Michael Bush, we are banging our heads against the wall, saying, let this guy play. He's really good. He's played second and third base in his minor league career. Guess what Milwaukee needs? A second baseman and a third baseman. They can upgrade over Terang or Monasterio. Michael Bush is an easy upgrade. They could also use another good starting pitching prospect. So I pitch you Michael Bush and Nick Frasso for Devin Williams. What do you say? I say yes if I'm the Brewers. Of course I you say do. yes if I'm the Dodgers right away. I don't blame. Yep. Should we trade for Devin Williams? Do you think that's the best plan of attack here for the Dodgers? Um, because there are more guys. Like, we just came to that quickly, and I totally agree with you. Yeah. But there are other options, right? Instead of trading those assets, assets do we just sign Lou Trevino, who looked great with the Yankees. He was in that Montes deal. And he's not going to be very expensive. You just put him on the Dodgers with that slider. He's going to be really good for them. And then they don't have to give up anything. So I'm just, I love that trade, but is that actually better for the Dodgers? I think so. Is that a Dodger move right now, signing Lou Trevino? Based on what they've done this offseason, I think no. And the reports were that the Dodgers were allegedly in on Josh Hader. So I think if they are fishing in the Hader market, they can go not pay $100 million for a closer pay this guy 16 to 20 over the next two years and have Devin Williams as our closer. 
do you think David Bednar is more expensive? Bednar, if I'm not mistaken, has four years of control left. Yeah, that might be someone who the Dodgers are willing to pay a couple more pieces with because Devin is a free agent sooner. I'm just curious if we could workshop other guys. Bednar has three years of control left. I don't think the Pirates do it because he's from Pittsburgh. Like there's there's something about that identity being there for Bednar. And who's a sexier name? Let's be honest. Oh yeah, I want we know who the sexier sure. name is. We know that the Airbender is a sexier candidate. Class A was kind of floated. I don't think the Guardians need a Michael Bush type, but I think Bush is the easy guy to ID, and it's like you're surplus. Let's move you. I think the Brewers need a Bush, and I think the Dodgers could really use a Williams. Wins won't do this, but I wonder what the Dodgers would give them for Yohan Duran. No, that guy's untouchable. I know. He's so good. I'm just like, we're talking best closes of baseball. I just think it's fun to like workshop what packages for these guys would look with, even though they're not ever going to happen. But all right. So are you cool with Tim Anderson and Devin Williams? I'm cool with Tim Anderson and Devin Williams. I mean, they're going to be one of the best teams in baseball. But then we get to the postseason, and you're going to be hated. Let's see what you do. That's fine. Let's see what you do. I'm excited. I cannot Uh, wait. So now I want an an NLCS with the Braves and the Dodgers, and I want them going at it. But at the same time, I want the Phillies just somewhere in there. So I don't know what to do. I love all these teams. Our our new look, L.A. Dodgers. Will Smith is the catcher. Freddie Freeman at first. Mookie Betts at second. The shortstop platoon of Gavin Lux and Tim Anderson, Max Muncy at third, an outfield of Altman, Taylor, Hayward, and Manny Margot. Otani is the DH. Starting rotation of Yamamoto, Bueller, Glasnow, Miller, Sheehan, and a bullpen with Devin Williams as the closer. Phillips is the setup guy. And then Gratterall gets the seventh. Kelly gets the sixth. So does Vesia, Yancy Almonte, Alex Ferguson, Blake Trinan on any given day. Blake Trinan went healthy. Might be the best reliever in Major League Baseball. That's how good the sinker is. <laughs> Willie Saley, I don't know, but I just love seeing his name back in Major League Baseball. I hope he shoves. Yep. Yep. Last team is the Kansas City Royals. Um, their 2023 payroll was $96 million. They've upped that big time. They're up about 30 mil from that. Estimated 2024 payroll right now is $129 million. Notable transactions for Kansas City so far. They have signed Seth Lugo to three years and 45 mil. They signed Michael Waka to a two-year, $32 million deal. Signed Hunter Renfro, two for 13. They traded Jackson Coar to Atlanta for Kyle Wright. They purchased Nick Anderson. They signed Garrett Hampson to a one-year deal. They took Matt Sauer in the Rule 5 draft. Signed Will Smith to a one-year, $5 million deal. Signed Chris Stratton to two for eight. And they traded Taylor Clark to Milwaukee for Ryan Brady and Cam Devaney. They've been active, and they've gotten better. They have been. Um, And on the New Year's resolution episode, I said that it is important to, for this year at least, to find out who your core is. I think the only no-brainer is Bobby Witt Jr., and then you have the probabilities in Cole Reagan, Cole Reagans and Vinny Pascantino. But I like the addition of Hunter Renfro. I'd like to add a one or two veterans to this offense there. You see them doing it in the rotation already. And I'd like to give them a couple more bullpen arms and probably call it an episode. Um, But they have some good players in here. Like Nelson Velasquez, 17 bombs 
in 53 games last year. They got him from the Cubs, 586 slugging percentage, but up a 132 WRC+. plus. He's an exciting bat. I think Michael Massey, I don't know. I don't know if I love him that much, but I do like Michael Garcia. And of course, you got MJ, Bobby Witt, and Vinny. I'd like to add a couple of veterans to this team on offense. Sure. My question is, where do they play? Because I know that there is a certain facet of baseball enjoyers that do think that Michael Garcia is going to break out in a big way. And I think that Michael Garcia can be a good player. Me too. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, it's like, I, I want to add them, but then I also, there's a part of me that wants to see more out of Michael Massey. Right. But that would be the guy who I'm probably least confident in. Um, cause you got drew waters and Kyle Isabel in center. First of all, Fangraphs has Isabel as their starting center fielder. It should be drew waters. He's a, I don't know. Isabel's a really good defender. Yeah. But drew waters is still a pretty good defender too. And drew waters is definitely a better hitter. I'd much rather have Drew Waters. So infield, can I just say straight up, I'm I'm doing nothing to this infield. Yeah, let's go guy. through position by position. Yeah. So Sal Perez is the catcher, nothing. Freddie for me and Logan Porter is the backup. They're just gonna hold serve there. I guess we're doing nothing to catching. Yeah. It's Sal sure. Perez. Like it, yeah. he's the identity of the just, Kansas City Royals. Yeah. Vinny at first base, Prado is his backup. Good. Good. Massey at second. Hampson and Samad Taylor is his backup. I would love to see Samad Taylor get more big league run this year. But I'm not doing anything to it. I'm not doing anything, but I really want to do something to it. Yeah. It's all to like make them better this scale, year because man. that's we're playing GM for this year. I, I think they need an upgrade at second base. Okay. We'll look for it in a moment. Bobby yeah. Witt at short, nothing. Michael Garcia, Hampson, Nick Lofton, Devin Mann is the backup options at third base. Roll with it. Yeah. We good. Yep. We good. Outfield, Melendez, Isbell, Waters, Renfro, Velasquez, Dyron Blanco, Tyler Gentry. There there are enough young names here with Renfro that I think you just roll with that. Yeah, I agree with you. So let's go get him a second baseman. And I have the name that I want them to bring back. Okay. They should bring back Whit Merrifield. They should bring him back. He can play a bunch of different positions. He can play second when you need him. Right, if any of these core right find out who your core is, Wit can just play a bunch of different positions. Then, if you find out Massey is not the guy, or one of these outfielders is not the guy, you have Wit Merrifield, one of the more consistent utility players that we've had in the last half decade. I think it'd be great to bring him back. The Royals keep bringing their own veterans back. Right, they brought back Zach Greinke. I think they definitely should get Wit Merrifield, another guy who I think would just be a good value add who I still think is a good player, but he's old in quotes for all those watching on YouTube. I still think Elvis Andrews can be replacement level to above. So I would look at both of those two players, but I would definitely prefer Whit Merrifield. Another name that jumped out to me was Adam Frazier. I think Frazier could fill a similar role, but I, I like the Wit reunion. Whit I think just Massey, always feels like a Royal. I think Massey is better than Adam Frazier. I like that take. I do too. Yeah. So it's like, I think Wit is better than Michael Massey. So, but okay. Wit can Witt, play center. Like Witt if Drew play, Waters and yep. Isabel don't work, like then you can play center. You can play wherever you need him to. If any of these core guys end up not being part of the future, yeah. then you're still playing consistent baseball because you got Wit Merrifield at the top of your lineup. Like yeah. Wit and Bobby Wit together, that's a great front too. Witt, then you have Michael Garcia, you got Vinny, you got a bunch of run producers too. Like, and I love that. And you could sell shirts like W H I T W I T T, wit wit. 
It's a marketing move. Easy. That's fine. Uh, starting rotation right now, like it's already good, and they've already been super active. Cole Reagans, Michael Waka, Seth Lugo, Brady Singer, Jordan Lyles, but Daniel Lynch has looked good in the Dominican. Anthony Veneziano had a good year last year. Jonathan Bolin, like, I don't think you'd make another move here. Austin Cox is back as a minor league free agent, too. Do you know what the timeline is on Bubich? And uh, I don't think Kyle Wright's going to pitch this year, but... Wright's not pitching. Bubich had Tommy John in April. In April. He'd be back for them soon. He was great before went down Tommy John. I assume he's going to get some run in the rotation maybe around June-ish? Probably all-star break, I'd think, like July or August. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Or at least I believe him. I, think I like him more good. I think he's better than Lynch. I'd take him over Lynch. And I, But I think those are great as a six yeah. or seven and a five and a six. Like, cool. Roll with it. Um, like Jordan Lyles had a six to eight ERA last year. Yeah, I mean, he, no, like, he can't pitch let's anymore. Let's not do that anymore. They, and they'll probably <laughs> re-sign Granky. <laughs> let's, let's be frank here. So, I don't know. We're not let's... doing anything else to the rotation. I mean, they already got, like we said, Waka and, and Lugo. No, and we know they have one of the best young starting pitchers in baseball, at least talent-wise, in Reagan's. Yeah. yeah. So. We're good. Uh, bullpen, as it stands right now, with Josh Taylor on the shelf, James MacArthur, Will Smith, John McMillan, <clears throat> Nick Anderson, Chris Stratton, Carlos Hernandez, Stephen Cruz, Matt Sauer. You've got Will Klein back there, too. They don't have a, a closer here. They don't have an established name that I, I think jumps off the page to anybody, but everybody throws 95 in here. And I think this is a decent enough Royals bullpen. We can add somebody if you want. Yeah, I do think we should add somebody. Um, I mean, there's a lot of names, right? We can add Ryan Stanek to this. We can add Phil Maton to this. I just, we could add Wandy Peralta to this. I want like an established good reliever. I like Wandy Peralta. Like, I like that name. You like that name? Yes. Uh, how many lefties have they got in here? They only have one lefty and it's Will Smith. So we should get a lefty. I think Wandy's the perfect addition to this team. And Wandy can like stretch out a bit too, if need be. And Wandy Peralta, speaking of which, since the start of the 2021 season, this guy is averaging about 55 innings a year and he's got a 2.96 ERA. He's been awesome. Just do it. We could also, should we get two of them, two lefties? Give him Josh Fleming. Yeah, why not? Fleming's yeah. a one year deal. Yeah, Fleming's a one year deal. I don't know. And be an opener, Ray's guy. Sure. Probably knows how to throw a slider. All right. We just fixed the Royals. We just fixed the Angels. And we somehow made the Dodgers even more of a juggernaut. Devin Williams, that trade would be awesome. Yeah. That kind of fired a, me out. That's going to be a quote card tomorrow. Because I wasn't even thinking really about a Devin Williams trade. Um, I was just thinking that they were going to sign one of these relievers to a one-year deal and just like get a guy with a good slider and make it better. Like they always oh, do. Man. But they could easily trade for Devin Williams. Let's go big fish hunting. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That was episode 601 of the Just Baseball Show. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed. That's Jack McPullen. I'm Peter Apple. Go get yourself some Just Baseball merch. And if you are watching this on YouTube, hit that big red subscribe button. It's free. Come on. Come on. We have so many more, much more YouTube content coming out that isn't just the podcast, short form videos, the whole nine yards. And if you could rate and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, five stars. Really, really appreciate it. Helps out the show a ton. And if you could leave a written review, let us know what you like. Please don't let us know what you don't like. Maybe DM us what you don't like. That'd be better. Appreciate that. Get yourself some Just Baseball merch again. Let's check. I'm Peter. And with that, have a great weekend. And thank you. Everybody.